I I want to talk about right quick, um, kind of at the end of the chapter eighty-seven there, um, that Elokar is we we know that he's safe now mm-hmm. um, in Lopin's house, which really caught me off guard, and it honestly took me a little while to figure out where we were. I wanted to mention um, this too. Yeah. yeah, and also that Lopin, I guess, has willed himself to become a surge binder now. Um, like what? Get- yeah, we get this little reveal where he just like sucks in a little stormlight at the end, and he's like, "Finally, I've done it." Yep. <laughs> and then it's just like in scene, and I'm like, "Excuse, hello, hello." Like, yeah, <laughs> you can't, you can't just do that. <laughs> and so I don't know what's gonna happen with him. Of of all the people, of all the characters. The one we get a little, a little reveal of becoming a Knight's Radiant, Lopin. Mm-hmm. What? Very He's going to be the most ridiculous, like goofy Knight's Radiant. I, I would not trust that guy with a with a shard blade. Yeah. Oh no way. I would not. No way would no. I do that. To you. I love. I and love I, the. I also, it's also just a very uh, ending when he's like, he calls it to like a family member and he's like, "Come here, let me stick you to the wall." Like. So like that, I got some glow into it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love the setup of that scene too, where Dalinar is asking Kaladin, like, "What'd you do with Elicar? What'd you do with Elicar?" And uh, Navani asks him, oh, "Did you put him in the cellars or something?" He's like, "Well, if you thought of that, maybe the assassins would have thought of that." And then it just cuts, like, cuts the scene right there, and it jumps to Lopin and Elicar just like arguing back and forth about dinner, and you're like, "What is happening?" <laughs> like. <laughs> Like there's so much stuff going on, like around the this area at this time, and Lopin's just like staring at a sphere, like, like, like let me let me suck in some stormlight, like trying so hard, and yeah, it's really funny. Which, just a another fun fun world building tidbit for you: there usually isn't any high storms in the weeping but there was one because the storm father got grumpy and it's like i hate you all so i'm going to sweep you off roshar and so so there's stormlight when there originally wouldn't be is is how lopin is has this glowing sphere here i i have to ask before we move on elliot do you have like a guess like what order of the nice radiant is is Lopin gonna be? Where does this fit into oh, our, our story? I hope... Like honestly, I've tried to think, and I just don't know. I can't. I don't know if I could give a guess. I. <laughs> that's a funny question. I I love Lopin. Lopin's great, right? But uh, I hope whatever order it is, it comes with a very responsible spren. Because, yes. Um, oh yes. Yeah. L- Lopin could use some of that now. I, yeah, I, I have no idea. I mean, we've we've had some implications that maybe the the Dustbringers are the more like chaotic, perhaps group of the Knights Radiant. So maybe that fits with Lopin's kind of more. I that's actually what I was gonna guess, but almost as a joke, like right, like he's gonna be he's gonna be our Dustbringer, like yeah, Lopin is gonna be our Dustbringer. Um, I. I could see it going a very different way, though. We kind of get the impression, perhaps, that Dustbringers are a little more, like, violence-oriented, perhaps in a good way. Like, maybe they're, like, the the 
the Marines, you know, the, the Navy SEALs, you're going to send those guys in to get the, you know, the, the tough jobs done kind of stuff. But I could see Lopen going a very different, like maybe Windrunner. Maybe he's just kind of going to be that goofy, but always taking care of, of his, the crew that's around him kind of guy. I, I could see that. Yeah. I could too. I think it would be hilarious if we have two Windrunners and it's Kaladin and Lopen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they just like like two very very different people you know um i i think that's hilarious so yes we we could definitely move on to the shallan uh reveals <laughs> now i just had to i had to definitely bring that up um, i i'm glad you did i i i forgot that, that was in that chapter mm-hmm. so shallan has a very inter- interesting confrontation with marais and pattern in our chapter 88 here, Marais has come to the realization that Shallan and Vale are the same person. And uh, he calls her out on it, and then Shallan, Shallan's assuming that he's going to try to kill her, you know? Like, that he's assuming, or she's assuming that this meeting is going to be way more hostile than Marais... Uh, is intending but Marais says I don't care if you're Shallan you're still Vale to me I still want you in the ghost bloods what were you guys uh, what were you guys' thoughts on this I, I can't tell how genuine like good or bad or what the ghost bloods are I don't fully get them it's always kind of been like Shallan's like nemesis almost is this whole group the ghost bloods but I still don't really get him, to be honest. Like I, I don't even know what to make of that, to be honest. This this Marais guy knows way too much. Like he not only has he figured out that Vale is Shallan, he's figured out that she's a light weaver. He talks about her ability to soul cast. She hasn't done that in weeks or months and not around any of these people or any around any one that we know of right so he how he even put that together i i can't fathom right he knows a ton about her family he knows it well one he has her brothers apparently apparently he has them under his control he sent someone to get them and bring them to the the shattered plains he he drops some lines about like her family's history of involvement in these matters. Like, well, hold on a second. We know that we know that her father was involved with ghost, ghost bloods, potentially joined them. We know that Helloran went off and got involved in something. He was a shard bearer. Marais drops a line here about her brother seeking the skybreakers, which I'm assuming is a reference to Helloran. But perhaps not. I'm I'm assuming it's Helloran. Gotta be, right? And and so this guy just knows way too much. He 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 seems like to be the guy with all the answers right now. He's which scares me. He's also not afraid to use it, like use the no. information against people. Like he's he's pretty much blackmailing Shalon and saying, I have your brothers, you owe me a soul caster. Lucky for me, you are a soul caster, so I can just use you. To for whatever I need, and you have to do it because I have your brothers. It's it's even at, at like a even more terrifying level for me because 
it's almost like he knows that hiding her true identity and joining the ghost bloods is going to be a very strong temptation for Shalon. It's like he knows her that well that she is going to want to hide what she can do that. He just leaves it as, yeah, I think Shalon might just very well might want to, you know, join me, you know, leaving it out there. Just that level of manipulation and control over, over Shalon is, is terrifying. It is. And I, I actually want to make a little prediction about this. Um, I think it's it's probably pretty evident that going forward in our story from here, we're going to find, I would guess that we're going to find some bad um, Knights Radiant or maybe people with Honor Blades or something like that. Or like Zeth, Zeth is our only example, like I think a known Surge Binder that's like on the wrong side. Um, but it, they seem to just be sprouting up right now more and more frequently. So I would guess that maybe he's a truth watcher or something. Or like I don't know. I don't know another explanation of how he could know all the things he does about Shalon, um, yep. that are secret from even like her brothers and stuff. Right. Um, that I I, would... I, I just want to go to the the Spren route here. The um, and say he, he there's there's more to it he can see um i i like that a lot i i had not i had not thought about that but that would not now that you say that that would not surprise me at all to learn that Marais has some kind of abilities definitely i i i think even if not there there are, it's possible there's some other explanation we just don't know um but just in general, that's kind of what I'm on the lookout for going forward. Uh, we've seen a lot of people get abilities now. Um, Shalon Kaladin, Lopin, Renarin, Dalinar, um, Yasna. They're all like the good characters, right? There was Zeth. Um, but like, I, I would guess that there's going to be some other people too who aren't associated with them that may have surge binding powers and and stuff and they're very well hidden with it so yeah that's kind of where my eyes are at the moment speaking of zeth zeth's alive he's revived by do we recognize this guy do we know there's some interesting dialogue here. Elliot, I'm sure you want to talk about this. Yes, I do. I do, I do. We absolutely recognize this guy. We've recognized him a couple times. It's our man with the crescent-shaped scar on his face. And we get a name for him. He calls himself Nin, or also Nalan, I think, right? Yep. And then he claims to be the herald of justice the herald of the skybreakers like what i i knew this guy was going to be important i knew this guy we've seen him a couple times now right and i knew he was going to become a player at some point but a herald whoa i was not expecting that i i i very much i, I was super excited and also i'm proud because i think he introduces himself as Nalan 
and I actually picked it up right away because I definitely remember hearing that name. I don't know if it was from our trivia Herald thing or something like that. Yeah. Definitely picked that up, but I was really excited. I actually need to ask, though, because I don't remember where else we've seen him. You were referencing, like, the Crescent Scar. Can I ask where else we've seen him, if you remember? We've seen him All... three places. Really? We've seen him in the prologue of this book. Uh, Yasna runs into him in the in the back corridors of uh, Kolinar. Uh, the the castle we've seen him in the interlude where he kills the cobbler the guy who's making the shoes for the little boy he has a spren that's helping him heal um this like heal the little boy he doesn't really know what he's doing and then he shows up and kills the the cobbler guy and we've seen him another time uh chasing lift through the palace he's the He's the guy who's after Lyft in her interlude. Very interesting three times. Um, but yes, very cool. I was super excited with this happening. Um, mostly because I feel like we're going to have someone kind of take Zeth under their wing and like actually like make him a good character because I've, I've liked him so much throughout our story just because he's so like cool and has been the most like fascinating like kind of mysterious character but then he just turns out playing bad i feel like <laughs> uh, but now he's kind of getting his fresh start that was why i had my uh one of my words of rebirth um just because zeth is like it i don't know if this is different or not i'm assuming it's not but basically like this Milan tells him, like, you've died, like, you're broken from your oath, like, come with me now. Um, which is really, it, it's probably not different there. But I was just thinking of the difference of, in the audiobook, he, like, literally, like, soul severed from body, and then another one, he's, like, 1% life, um, effectively. But same thing there. I am... I'm a little nervous where this is going to go. I've I've not not been a big fan of this uh this guy that we've seen before. He seems to be he's talked before especially in the lift chapter right about you know, he's going to obey the law at all costs, right? He doesn't care about what's right. He doesn't care about what he should do. He cares about what the law says he has to do. And I guessed before that perhaps that was tied to Skybreakers. Looks like that is the, the case. I'm I'm very this guy is going to truly end up being who he claims to be, Harold, someone who wields a lot of power and uses that type of justification to do what they want. Yeah, when you have someone who who operates under that kind of ethics right when they when they have that that drive of if it's permissible by the law i'm going to do it you get very very quickly into some dangerous territory you can justify a lot of things with that you know you get into you, you can start comparing to Teravangian. you can start comparing to the old zeth you know as as this guy points out pretty quickly here zeth has basically been doing this 
for quite a while. He's been justifying everything he's been doing because he's following the code, the law of obey your oath stone. And so I'm a little nervous what Zeth might become under the tutelage of this guy. Yeah. I mean, if we, because we've, up to this point, we've seen like tortured Zeth, hates himself, tearing himself apart, but doing what he has to kind of Zeth. If Zeth were to like get comfortable with what he's doing, like a a self-motivated, happy Zeth, if you will, that almost scares me more than angry, hates himself Zeth, yeah. right? It's true. I'm, yeah. I'm very curious. I'm very intrigued to see where this is going. I really want to know more about where Zeth is going, but I'm also... I don't know that I feel very positively about this. I think that this is definitely a rebirth for Zeth in, you know, all senses of that word, but it may not be a rebirth towards like Zeth switching over to being a good guy. If anything, I'm a little nervous. He may be leveling up and becoming even more powerful of an antagonist, but we'll see. I'm sure. I have, I have two comments that I really want to make. Um, so so two things one i i could definitely see what you mean i definitely like get that like i feel like we've always seen zeth at his very lowest um at least internally right um so my thought with this is like if he has a good mentor or something like that like a herald hopefully being good <laughs> um then like you know maybe we could see the best of zeth but the biggest thing I feel like if he gets a sprint, so I wanted to ask because Nalan here gives him a shard blade, right? Like an actual, I'm, ass- I'm t- assuming is an actual shard blade. Um, maybe I'm gonna assume that for now. Um, which one? It's described as like a dark shard blade, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I really wanted to bring that up and see if there's any yes. any thoughts you have. Um, but I'm just wondering, like we've seen are spread so far to be very good at like balancing characters out. And I'm hoping if he gets a spread, then that will like help him a lot. Um, but I want to ask Elliot a big time about this like dark shard blade. Let, like, let me answer your question first. And then we mm-hmm. should definitely talk about the dark shard blade. Cause I, you actually bring up a great point. You know, this is a herald and this is a, an order of the Knights radiant. We're talking about, we've, we've kind of seen skybreakers in a, a fairly negative light so far they they have not seemed like maybe great people but as far as we know the knights radiant were 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 a very noble order and each of the orders served a very good purpose like these these are the good guys we're talking about at least i think we're talking about Mm -hmm. and so it's there is definitely i think a side of hope for this and that i think this this guy could turn out to be a good guy this this nalan guy um, we haven't maybe seen him in a very positive light yet, but it's a nice radiant, right? This is, like you said, this is a herald. So for Zeth to go under and you know, to be apprenticed to that kind of a person, yeah, maybe we've only seen the negative part, and there is a lot of positive that could come out of this. I, I do think that's possible. But yes, then the dark shard blade, blade of some kind that one speaks to him i was gonna say did you guys catch it it talks to him (laughs) yeah which 
at this point in the story, doesn't surprise you much. We just learned that shard blades are spren, right? So a talking shard blade, yeah, that doesn't even, that doesn't surprise us at all at this point. But yeah, not a hundred percent sure what's going on here. Seems like a shard blade. Is this a spren that's then going to yeah bond with Zeth and Zeth's going to become a, a a knight radiant? Could be. But there's a little something that we've also seen glow with the dark light. Something that uh, we've mentioned a couple times, but now gone two entire books with hardly any reference to. And that, of course, is that dark orb that Paul and I have been fascinated by ever since we read the prologue of Way of Kings. We've made it through a whole other book and we still don't have any, any answers or hints about what it even might relate to, except that now we see a sword glowing with like a similar type energy which side note zeth stashed that dark orb way back in our first interlude of the way of kings he he just it's an offhand comment of oh yeah i put that somewhere safe and he's pretty much forgotten about it he's no longer bound to his oath stone now he can pretty much do whatever the skybreakers or whatever uh Nalan or whatever his name is what whatever he tells him to so if is that dark orb gonna come back at this point now because now that zeth's kind of turned a new leaf here i'm hoping so um i definitely am dying to know what this dark orb is because out of every like detail that has been thrown at us i feel like that has been the least subtle like just it's very much like oh i'm gonna take this dark orb and put it in my pocket and walk away like and you're like okay like not so fast (laughs) Um, what's this all about Um, and then it's just not spoken of for two full books two thousand pages later and yeah and and it's not even anything Literally, the only thing we're going off of is this shirt blade is the same color. Yeah, <laughs> it's yep. not like a, like a, he doesn't say like "Where's my orb?" or like any like he doesn't say <laughs> anything like that. He's just it's just it just says like a dark colored shirt blade, and we're like, oh my gosh, like it's happening, it's happening. Um, yeah, I actually don't remember. Side note: what is what does the shirt blade say? Isn't it just something like? It Casual, says, like, hello, would you like to, to destroy some evil today? Oh, yeah. And it's actually, I remember this now because it's very funny in the, the audiobook. It's like a very proper, like proper gentleman, like yep. talking, like distinguished, distinguished gentleman, you know, and, and I thought it was <laughs> kind of funny. Huh. Um, and I, I cannot wait to see what goes on there. That is same. That's my that's my big thing right now for sure. All right, chapter eighty nine. Adolin, well, well, hold on, oh, hold on, a holding. Second. We do need to go talk about eighty nine, but we cannot skip over what happens to Shalon in eighty eight. Oh we yeah, have I totally to forgot. Talk about at least briefly the scene where Pattern forces her to relive her memories, and we get another big truth from Shalon's past, and that is that she killed her own mother. 
which wasn't too surprising, I, I think. I mean, we this has been kind of hinted at that we, we, at first we thought that Lindavar killed Shallan's mother, and that's why he was such a terrible person. But but there were lots of hints, you know, back to some of those creepy interludes early on in the book that maybe Shallan is the monster and, you know, her father is not kind of questions that we asked. So, yeah, we, we at least get this scene spelled out for us, although there's still a few unanswered questions for sure. Um, Paul, what were you what was your take on this this memory that Shallan has? Yes, I, I'm, I'm really glad you asked. So first, I want to take a slight step back and like look at the, the whole picture. Um, the book did such a great job, I think, of like feeding us this information and like closing it very well, because this was the last big question of like Shalon's past. Like, honestly, like all the flashback chapters in total did a great job of, of like recapping Shalon's story um, here. But with it, I, I I thought it was a great reveal. I I guess was a little maybe a little more shocked than you were um, about it, Elliot. Um, very much like kind of surprised. I, I there were only so many options that could have happened with her mother, right? Um, but I'm very glad we got like the concrete evidence, like what happened. She said like what happened, and um. Yeah, I, I thought it was a great moment. Uh, something we've definitely been waiting for. Um. And and we got some we got some fairly answers. We got that her mother had a friend, a male friend. We don't really know anything about this person, but they came to like confront her father about something, and that is what sparked the whole incident. Then it gets a little interesting. Shalon recalls that her mother is coming at her to kill her. And Shalon kills her mother instead. Like, full pause. What, what is going on there? I can only come up with one guess, and it's a little crazy. What if Shalon's mother was an envisager? What if... Shalon's mother saw somehow that Shalon has powers. And so she she follows that kind of, you know, cultish, crazy mindset that we've seen Teft talk about of my daughter has these powers. I'm going to kill her so that those powers are forced to manifest, which is exactly what happens, perhaps, that it does force Shalon to manifest these powers. It does awaken them in her in self-defense. So what if what if Shalon's mother was doing all of this on purpose, trying to kill her daughter so that she would make her daughter become a Knight's Radiant, kind of the way Teft talked about his people doing it? That's the only guess I can come up with. And then, so I asked this about Lindavar a while ago is was there any rede redeeming arc for for lindavar and paul you said that you hoped so but then the next episode he dies and so you're like well i guess not and but 
at this point, Lindavar takes the blame for killing their mother from Shalon and then lets his own legacy well, he kind of kills his own legacy as well, but he he kind of destroys his own house to protect Shalon and her powers that he he knows she has a shard blade. He knows that presumably his his wife was trying to kill Shalon because of her powers or to provoke her powers, one of the two. And then he's willing to take the blame for that um, for her and protect her from that. Or There's a whole new light to this um, with these just the two pages here. There is. I can I can agree with that. Um, in no way I would say is Lindavar fully justified. Right. Because moving on from then he was an ab like he was just horrific. Um, but it was like a okay, like he hasn't always been like a a lunatic or just this crazy. Um he did care, but like he, he kinda put himself down for for his daughter there. And so that was a really good like really good moment. Um like good bit of information. I I thought about that too. As I was watching the scene, I was kind of asking myself, does this make me reconsider anything about Lindavar? And I think the answer to that is complicated. It's not simple. If does this justify what Lindavar did to his family? Absolutely not. As we saw, he he full on abused his children to the point where he was making their lives a living hell. And nothing, nothing can justify doing that to your own family. Does this, though, maybe make me at least feel a little sorry for him? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this clearly, this moment broke him. Clearly, this moment, like something snapped inside of him in this moment. And that at least maybe explains a little bit of what he did. But unless this is literal insanity, it's not an excuse in my mind right and it it gives us a little bit more context for shallan's weird oh in her flashback chapters she describes there's a a glowing something behind the portrait in uh in her parents room and we can pretty much understand now that Pat, she summons Pattern, who is a glowing shard blade, and kills her mother with it, and that scars her for life. And so she, in her mind, she leaves Pattern in that room. And, like, every time she walks past, she gets, like, you know, scars from when she, when she summoned Pattern. And that's why she tells Pattern she hates him, and all, or, yeah, and all sorts of, and Pattern's in his you know ones and zeros mind he's like i'm sorry but he doesn't really know how to help her with that and there's even a weird little dialogue where i was trying to make sure i read it twice and i still don't know that i fully understand what's going on but doesn't shallan say i hate you to pattern yep she blames pattern at least partially for what happened and patterns responds with something like Oh, I know. And you're going to kill me for it. And then they move on. 
and like you know that whole bit of it is just like oh man that that adds a whole new level of complexity to their relationship pattern and and shallan so yeah this leaves this is another new level of brokenness for shallan now we know that not only has shallan brutally killed her father she also was attacked by her mother and killed her, her herself. So Shalon has killed both her parents. Her family is in ruins. She is, wow. The, the amount of stuff that Shalon has gone through is just incredible. The amount of mental pain, anguish, this poor girl has, has experienced is crazy. Yeah. It definitely is. It adds so much depth to the character, and that's kind of what I was saying at the start there, that, like, the book, this being Shalon's book, we really got, like, a full depth to her character and got to see, like, so much that, like, if we didn't get, like, even if some of this stuff was and some wasn't, like, like the fact that everything was explained like this is just so, like, impactful to, like, us seeing Shalon um, as the character we do. And so definitely really, really like that. Um, yep, I agree. Pretty remarkable. On the topic of deaths, I don't know if y'all are ready to move along, but right into the next chapter, we have Sadius who dies, which was our big actual death. Yep. Um, I guess here, and I was surprised. Out of everyone who was going to die, I did not think Sadius would be the one. I will be honest with you, that definitely like threw me off. I was very surprised, um, and I kind of want to hear. I, I honestly want to hear. Well, I, I want to hear both of your thoughts. Um, I, so I remember the first time I read this or listened. I actually listened to it for my first read of this, and. I remember being incredibly frustrated with Sadius's death. You have been waiting for this death for a full book now. Like mm -hmm. Sadius betrayed Dalinar. You are so like, it just makes my blood boil what he does at the end of the way of Kings. And then he's taunting house Colin for this full book. You're just waiting. But the way it happens is so unsatisfying that Adolin gives in to this carnal anger and rage that Dalinar has specifically said, no, you're not doing, like, we are not killing Sadius. That's not who we are. But Adolin says, unlucky for you, I'm not who my father thinks I am, and stabs him through the eye into the brain. Like, that's kind of cool, and, like, in a weird, like, twisted way. Like, yeah, Adolin, but at the same time, you're like, Man, a little bit of House Colin's honor just died with Sadius right there. Because Sadius is manipulating House Colin and he knows that it or thinks he knows that Adolin is not going to kill him in a back alley because that's not who Adolin is. Surprise, that is who Adolin is. And he's just going to stab him because he's fed up with it. And he's he will not put up with it any longer and he just stabs him. What are what Elliot? What are your thoughts on this? You you summed it up pretty well. I'm 
I'm comparing it to like the the Kaladin killing of of Zeth, which, as I've recently learned, very interestingly, only works in my version of the the <laughs> book. But I look at you know the way Kaladin fights Zeth and the way he takes him down, and the the honor that there is in that of you know man versus man in the daylight that whole kind of concept which which aligns very well with what Callan has talked about with his men multiple times and where what he talks about with Moash of you know we have to be the better person we have to stand up and do the right thing even when that's hard even when that means putting ourselves maybe at a disadvantage and Adolin's doing Adolin's giving in to to that. He's not d- standing up and doing the right thing. He's not, you know, challenging Sadius to a duel. He's not, you know, facing him man to man. It's no, it, it's pulling a knife on someone when they're least expecting it. And yeah, I think I think Adolin's going to regret this. I think Adolin's going to regret this big time. I I also think that he will be forced to regret it somehow. I I think I had a different initial reaction than y'all did though. Um, I almost took it as a like. So Adolin has just seen, like some of the worst of it, at this time. Like the Parshendi are here, um, and they've got the storm form. They're like making an everstorm, like all this like crazy stuff. And in my mind, I'm think almost like I, I kind of think of this killing as like justified because I feel like Sadius is still. He's on this like lower tier of problem now, in a sense. He because he was kind of our main problem in the first book with Kaladin and you know everything going on there, the bridges and stuff. But now there's this whole like the Parshendi are on another level. They're trying to wipe out humanity, right? And Sadius is still in this kind of like political manipulative game there. Um. And I just was like, I, I imagine Adolin was like, nope, like I, this does no longer needs to be a concern. We're moving on, and I'm making this move on, and so he kills him, um, right? And stuff. So like, in that sense, I'm okay with it. I was definitely surprised with it, um, but yeah, I, I, I guess I wasn't super upset about it. it like the implications, the bad part of it um is like the family like like the like the quote of i'm not the man that my father thinks i am kind of thing um i feel like that's the 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 downside here but i yeah i'm i'm less bothered by this than than a lot of other things i i make a dramatic comparison to to kaladin but you know i i maybe i don't quite feel so mm-hmm. strongly i Sadius is clearly a villain, right? So here we have a, a hero taking down a villain. And and in that sense, you know, I, it, it is a good thing, perhaps, in that. I guess I'm more just bothered in the way that Adolin did it. I was going to say. I'm less bothered. I'm not, I'm not bothered by the fact that Adolin killed Sadius. Right. I'm, I'm just bothered by the way, that the manner in which he, he did so. And that's what I think will come back to, to haunt Adolin later down the road my only other question with it is so so with sadius dying oathbringer is just on the ground right there right just left there 
is someone going to go pick it up? Like, what's going to happen there? Because it's kind of a, a loose end, which I imagine will be a major thing in the next book titled Oathbringer. Oathbringer. I'm just going to make the guess there. Um, what if someone really devious picks it up or something? Or, I don't know, just some unexpected character gets it. Some character maybe we haven't even met yet that walks up and sees a shard blade on the ground. My lucky day, right? A shard <laughs> blade, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I don't know what's going to go on there, but I'm very curious to see um, how that turns out. And I imagine there's going to be a lot of drama because Sadius is dead and who killed him? You know, um, yeah. I don't know if Adolin's gonna ever own up to that, or if they're gonna accuse people. You know, there's so much mm-hmm. drama that's gonna happen there. I'm sure. So, definitely, like making a big, big opening for for story to go to go crazy in in our next book. And I know we got to move fast because we're gonna set new records here for our, our longest episode <laughs> ever. Sure. But. On the topic of shard blades, there is another shard blade that I want to talk about for a second, and that is the one that Dalinar had. Yes. I had a a big pause and like, wait a second moment. In the midst of Dalinar doing this whole speaking the oaths, becoming a knight radiant, super cool, bonds the Stormfather to him as his spren. Like, yeah. we should talk about that in a second. But in all that happening... He's bonded to Spren. He's now a, a Knight's Radiant. He summons his Shardblade. And when it comes, he hears the screaming. That caught me off guard because I thought the blade that he had was an honor blade. We, we know that that blade he has is supposedly the blade that Tal, Talonel, Talonel. The, the other Herald dude, showed up with which we know the honor blades were the blades of the heralds we had kind of jumped to a conclusion that well this guy must be this must be his honor blade i had been wondering like i think paul we might have both been wondering like oh who's going to pick up this blade and start wielding the power of whatever you know stone lord yeah exactly it is yes i think so yeah but we know that honor blades are not spren and Therefore, Dalinar should not hear a scream when he holds it, if I'm kind of following all of my logical paths here. So what's going on here? This Is this blade not an honor blade? Is it not what we thought it was? Is Talonel not who we think he is? This one I... little line all of a sudden is sparking all these questions for me. I think it's just a slight misunderstanding, in all honesty. I think, I don't know if it's the spren that's, like, making the, the screaming or whatever whenever you touch the shard blade. Um, I'm assuming it's in some way correlated to being a Knight's Radiant. And I'm going to make the jump that Delinar is, what is he saying is? Is it a Bondsmith? Yeah. Yes, Bondsmith. Uh, and... If I remember, the Talonel's honor blade is for a stone ward, and I'm just gonna make the jump that you can't have two, um, and so that may be why there's some beyond me power that, that does that. And the that only other with Kaladin a little bit, but the only other Knights Radiant we've seen hold an honor blade would be Kaladin holding the Windrunner blade, so mm-hmm. that would right. line up what you're saying here. 
Yeah, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, I think that would make more sense than like, like if that's not the case, then I feel like there's just a lot to go into. Within it would get like really complicated with rules yeah. there and and things right. like that, um, which I'm kind of just hoping it's more simple. Because like shard blades are super cool, but like it gets really complex, right? And stuff. So. Yeah, and that was all I wanted to say was definitely some new questions, all because Dalinar hears some spren screaming when he holds that blade. I'm I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I do want to talk about the Stormfather for a little bit because his motivations and his like he's kind of an antagonist for for some of these chapters. He's holding Syl back. He's trying to protect her from Kaladin, who uh, he, the Stormfather thinks Kaladin will kill her. He's said that multiple times. And he's even lied to Kaladin, saying, you have already killed her, trying to hold her back and separate their bond. He lies to, to Kaladin and said, you killed her, but he didn't. So, uh, and then he summons a high storm and says... You guys are doomed. I'm just going to summon a high storm so you guys don't have to die by an ever storm. You can die by a high storm instead. And uh Dalinar like just has a shouting match with him basically for the first half of the the battle. Uh battle in Iraq. And then he bonds him at the top of Yurithiru and s- says the second oh. or second line of the the bondsmiths. So and the fact that Dalinar like picks him, you know, we haven't seen that happen as far as we know. It seems like more the opposite that Spren seemed to pick the people. Whereas in this one, Dalinar is just like, Hey, you, uh, you're a Spren. I want you to be my, you know, my bondsmith Spren. And the guy, the, the, it's like the Stormfather can't refuse almost because he said the, the oath. So that's, that's interesting in its own right. True. He, he's very reluctant. He's, he, paraphrasing he's like please do not do this like, <laughs> i would I, I respectfully ask that you do not bond me <laughs> and, and then and then dylan i proceeds to save the the second ordeal of the bondsmiths um which was another really cool moment um really exciting but yeah like you said yeah i i, I was just under the impression this whole time that a sprint has to like choose someone um i who knows now yeah does does he tell him that he won't be a shard blade for him doesn't he doesn't he say that he's like fine i'll be your sprint but you don't get to summon me as a shard blade i won't do that i wonder where that is like i don't i don't get I just don't get it. I don't know. What do you, Maybe over time. Maybe they'll become friends. And would, he'll be like, okay, fine. What do you think the uh, uh, High Storm Shard Blade looks like? That's what I want to know. <laughs> oh, exactly man. why I'm saying, like, come on, just do it. Like, just be a Shard Blade. Like, that'd be super cool. Dalinar sees a vision that isn't provided by the Stormfather. Did you guys catch this? He... Dalinar feels this heat um, while he's in this in this vision, and then asks the Stormfather later, "What was that vision that you sent me this morning? I haven't, I've never seen it before." 
And the Stormfather says, I didn't send one this morning. There was no high storm. How could I send one? And then it just kind of leaves it there. So did you guys think about this at all? I tried specifically not to think about it too much. <laughs> I understand that. I I too kind of chalked that one off to not nearly enough information for me to worry about right now. I got way, way bigger things to yeah, like, think about. But yeah, I almost just passed it over as just like a, a dream. It didn't seem to have any specific like importance, but it probably will later. I'm sure it will. It was very much like a... We're we're past the point of like I've got a full plate. It's like I've got two full plates, and it's just there's no room for this question right now. You already have one buffet, and you don't need another food truck in the, <laughs> yeah, in the parking lot. Exactly. Like we're not gonna. We're just not gonna worry about it. We've got plenty to deal with. Um, we'll get to that when we get to that. So as far as proper chapters go, we end the book with. Well, we'll talk about epilogue here in a second, but we end the book with. Four orders of the Knights Radiant summoned. We have a Windrunner, we have a Lightweaver, we have a Bondsmith, and we have a Truth Watcher, which is just kind of a, a name drop from Renarin that we get there at the end. Uh, we know of two more? We know of an Edge Dancer, Lift, who's we not know really of Lift. Really story. Nobody knows about point. Lift yet. We know mm-hmm. Yasna, who we're about to notice is still alive she's an else caller so we're missing four well, we have we have a few more kind of instances we have the herald of the stone wards and supposedly the herald of the skybreakers, the skybreakers. Mm-hmm. but we also yeah, have so lopin our, our dust bringer yeah so yeah a few more examples but yeah at least five proven Knights Radiant of five different orders. Yeah. And they're all on the top of your theory. <laughs> I just a funny comment. I really like the line where Dalinar takes a sphere and inhales the stormlight on the first try, and Kaladin's off to the side, like, that is so frustrating. I tried <laughs> for weeks to do what you just did, and I just and you just did that instantly. That is frustrating. That I really like that that line. <laughs> All right. So epilogue. Epilogue. Uh, Wit is sitting on a rock playing his instruments for crustaceans as they run past. And Yasna shows up through a, a portal of some sort right in front of him. And they have an interesting conversation. This is a question we don't obviously know the answer to. How the heck does Wit know when all this stuff is going to happen? He was doing the same thing at the end of Way of Kings where he's just sitting there waiting for Talonel to show up. Like, what does Wit know that none of the rest of us do? Well, doesn't Yasna ask him that? Like, how the heck did yeah. you know I was here? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I have no, no, no intention of figuring that question out probably for a while, but Yasna's back. I knew it. You did. I, I knew, I knew it. I knew it, I knew it. I don't know how. I don't know why. I don't know. It has maybe something to do with her being an Else caller and a Knights Radiant, but this this was cool just for, to to see her come back. I enjoyed it. 
something that's also noteworthy here is she is just as far along, if not further along, than Kaladin is in her her ideals. She summons her shard blade uh, to threaten Wit, and that's Kaladin just learned that. So, um, and I guess Shalon has had that for a while too, but Wit, we didn't really know that. Um, but she has her shard blade, so. True. One thing I'm really excited about this and just our next book going forward is how many like perspective perspectives oh, we can get with chapters that will like really spice things or like add a lot. I didn't even think about like, that. <laughs> Yasna Yasna chapters are gonna be super like exciting. Zeth chapters with our with Nalan are gonna be really exciting. Um if that happens fingers crossed <laughs> um, and then our, our normal characters too Khaled and Shalon um, and stuff like that so Dalinar Renarin Lopin like what's gonna who knows anymore so I've kept this under under wraps until kind of this point but do you guys know who the fourth books who, who the main character of the fourth book is don't and i've been wanting to ask for a while so please so you kind of need to finish words of radiance to for it to not be a spoiler because words of radiance gives you the first parshendi point of view in interludes but book four is venli's book eshenai's the parshendi eshenai's sister okay whoa interesting a whole book that's like the third person I would have guessed would have <laughs> right? been the perspective of put Eshenai and Relaine in front of in front yeah. of Venley. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Uh Elliot, do you want to wrap up our episode and talk about theme of part five? We will still be doing do. we will still be doing a Words of Radiance entire book summary episode next week, but uh, just for now, wrapping up part five and how the book ended, uh, you can go ahead. Yep. Just looking at part five, end of this, uh, this book, we had some more meat here to look at as compared to way of Kings way of Kings was just like kind of this little, almost an, the whole of part five was almost, it's ep, just an epilogue right. for way of Kings here. We have lots of stuff that happens. The theme I, I got to for part five, um, this was a fairly easy one. Actually, I, the word I decided on was revelation. We get a lot of information that gets revealed to us and to the characters in the story throughout part five. It felt like things just kept coming and coming and coming, like big reveal after big reveal. You know, I'd finish a chapter and think, oh, nothing's going to top that. Oh, wait. And then, you know, this and this and this, on and on and on. Um, it just, lots of information getting revealed, lots of secrets coming out lots of of things that have been very hidden up to this point and now everyone knows of them you have the void bringers we've been trying to figure out who they are we now understand they're the parchment awakened by this you know storm everstorm energy both shallan and kaladin are now both revealed in their full powers everybody knows at least partially who they are and what they're they're capable of kaladin is finally understands his purpose as a windrunner that was a bit of a revelation i think there in in kaladin's storyline um 
we're even just getting kind of an understanding as a reader of kind of who the big players are. We're learning just how powerful Teravangian is. We're learning just how powerful Raze is. We're we're learning that we're, we're learning who the big players are in the in the picture here. We're, yeah. we're starting to put together okay, who are the movers and shakers of Roshar, which we had no idea of back in Way of Kings, right? All we really knew was kind of Alethi. We get to see glimpses of part of these different groups and entities. Now I think we're starting to get an understanding. Maybe that's all going to get shattered when we move into the next, you know, few books, and we realize that oh, actually, there's this whole other group of people that are running the show. <laughs> Who knows? But it feels like we've been we've been through quite a revelation and learning a lot of of information. And then, of course, just the fact that oh no, I can't miss Zeth. Zeth had quite the revel- revelation in the the understanding that he finally came to of I was right. I I was right. The Knights Radiant are coming back. That that moment for him was pivotal very pivotal and then here we are end of the book the knights radiant are back baby they're back they are full force we've got them we've got more on the way i mean people like lopin are becoming knights radiant like i'm expecting a flood of radiance and the, and them to you know come back and start forming teas with you know leaders at the top of them maybe kaladin's gonna become the leader of like 20 30 100 wind runners like that feels like the direction we're we're gonna be headed in so Big stuff, lots of information revealed. I'm super, super excited to keep reading. I almost don't want to take a break now to read Warbreaker because I really want to dive into Oathbringer, but yeah, whatever's next is going to be fun. You'll, I promise on the prologue of Warbreaker, you'll understand exactly why we're reading Warbreaker. <laughs> good, good. All right. Paul, did you want to have any words? I've- I didn't have anything major. I was just going to say, I feel the same way. I'm super ready for Oathbringer, so... Um, but stopping for Wardbreaker, I'm sure, will be worth worthwhile. So, yes, I'm very excited. Alright, with that, we will sign off. Thanks for joining me for Words of Radiance, Paul and, and Elliot. Farewell. What a journey. <laughs>